there. I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. And it's officially Marketing A Talk. You heard that correctly. Marketing A Talks have returned and we're hoping to bring more to you here in 2023. Today, we're going to kick off Marketing A Talk season two with 2022 Google Update Deep Dive. And we are joined by two fantastic SEO experts to help us break this down. So first here, we have a familiar face, partner at Cypress North and Marketing O'Clock co-host, Mr. Organic himself, Greg Finn. Hello, Greg. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> thanks for having me. But yeah, I just cover the organic news. So um, it, the, I, I'm not the big draw here. We can get right into that. Yes. So we'll get to that. We are so lucky to be joined once again by 2019, BF of the show, Best Organic Follow of 2022, recent Clocksquare Award, SEO consultant at G Squared Interactive. Hello, Glenn Gabe. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, no, it's great to be here again. Awesome to uh, to be able to go through all the updates with you guys. Yes, it's always a treat to have you on. We're excited to hear all of your analysis on 2022. So this was a year full of updates, some bigger than others, some with more drama than others. So we're so happy to have you here. And Greg is here with me as well to give his input. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> so you're not happy about me. I get it. I get it. Neither am I. So I wanted to kick things off here with what I'm calling annotation corner, but I know we don't have these in GA4 anymore, but I just think it might be helpful to get all the dates out there so people can write them down for context if they want them. So if you want to skip over this part and not hear me say a lot of things, you can go ahead and do that. But I'm just going to run through all of the updates of the year and their dates. Hi people, this is Shep coming to you from the future. We recorded this in early January and since recording it, there has been an update on some of these updates. So I just wanted to give you more accurate dates here. So the December 2022 link spam update and the December 2022 helpful content update have since both finished rolling out. Um, the December 2022 helpful content update started rolling out on December 5th and completed on January 12th. And the link spam update started rolling out on December 14th and also completed on January 12th. So both of those finished rolling out on January 12th. Update your annotations accordingly. Thanks. So first on February 22nd, there was the page experience update for desktop and this was complete on March 3rd followed by March 23rd, the March 2022 Pro product review update. That was complete April 6th. On May 25th was the May 2022 core update, which completed June 9th. On July 27th was the July 2022 product review update that completed August 2nd. August 25th was the August 2022 helpful content update that completed September 9th. On September 12th was the September 2022 core update, which completed September 26th. On September 20th was the September 22 product review update, which completed September 26th. On October 19th was the October 2022 spam update that completed on October 21st. And then on December 5th, was the rollout of the December 2022 helpful content update. They're saying it could take up to two weeks to roll out, but upon recording this, it has still not completed. And then to close things out, we had on December 14th, the December 2022 link spam update, which again, they said would take two weeks to roll out and is still rolling out as we're recording this here on January 12th. So I didn't miss anything guys, right? <laughs> 
No, that's that's quite quite a few. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And just a reminder, our best named recap of the year, we gave it to the May 2022 core update, right, Greg? Yeah, it's a great name for an update. <laughs> you can't beat yeah. it. Lots of great names uh, there. Yeah, I miss I miss the days of naming updates. Although uh, the Phantom update came back to to bite me a few times because people thought Google officially named it that and they never did. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I wish yeah. they did. My yeah. favorite, my favorite was um, the uh, panda farm because it was farmer for a while, and it's it a guy. Was, I don't really like farmer, and then it's yeah. like, oh no, it's panda, and it got a lot cuter. So <laughs> I like that that switch over. Yeah, yeah, panda panda was a very very powerful one that you know now we have broadcore updates that are kind of taking over certain things there, but yeah, definitely penguin was a fun one, but <laughs> but that, that's now real time. So speak anyway. for yourself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got to get back to animal names. That's fun. Okay, so let's get into it. As we know, Glenn and Greg are both very busy. And to be honest, some of these updates didn't do a lot. So before we get into the really meaty updates, let's go in chronological order and start with the page experience update, which rolled out in February 2022. Again, there was like a lot of drama surrounding this at the time. Maybe it didn't end up being much, but let's have a quick rapid fire. Greg, I know you were very, you were talking a lot about this update when it first rolled out, but what did it end up being like? Yeah. And I mean, I, th I think just from a usability standpoint, obviously your users should be first. This makes sense that they're trying to, you know, take a look at all these factors, the core web vitals, make sure things are secure, that you are not um, inappropriate. And then in that you don't have inter intrusive interstitials, all that stuff sort of makes sense. I think a lot of people, you know, and Glenn, you can obviously hop into this and, and explain a little bit more, but people got to think a little carried away with like, Hey, what can we do to make this fast? Our CLS is a little bit slow. It's, it's, it's an 89. It needs to be a 95 plus, like all those things are sort of like nice to haves, you know, but it's not the must haves, like having great content. That's better than everything else. I feel like a lot of times, especially SEOs, they get kind of carried away with some of the little things and, and get lost with some of the bigger things. And that was, I think, one of the themes, at least in 2022, um, from my side of things. And Glenn, is that how you say it? Like, like when you're looking at page experience, like, hey, these are tiebreakers. Yeah, it, exactly. And, you know, it's funny because I was on a call with the Chrome team and some of the search team when they announced uh, Core Web Vitals and the page experience signal. And from the beginning... Uh, Aleda was on the call as well. And we were like, will this have teeth, right? Because I love the idea of it, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's been on a horrible, you know, site from a user experience standpoint, so many ads and uh, interstitials and blah, 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 um, or things jumping around the page. Um, but they said from the beginning, they were like, great content will always trump, you know, user experience and, and performance. And it makes complete sense, right? They're not going to put bad content above something because the CLS score is better, right? So, you know, from the beginning, we tweeted that. Um, Aleda did, I did. Um, I wrote about it. Google explained that, but everyone went absolutely crazy with Core <laughs> Web Vitals. So the, um, the crazy part is that so many companies that have contacted me over time, one of the first things they say after they're hit by a broad core update and they're on the phone with me, they're like, hey, Glenn, we, we've really worked on our Core Web Vitals too. I'm like, that has nothing to do with broad core updates. I mean, literally nothing. And then you could hear a pin drop. So unfortunately, there's so much investment that went into that. And now whoever helped them has to basically answer a lot of questions. Like, why did we get hit by the May core update? And we have great core web models. Well, because it's core web models are 
a very, the way Google's explained it, very lightweight ranking factor, more like a tiebreaker. Now I've analyzed this to the nth degree across many, many sites. I've seen almost no movement at all based upon the mobile and desktop version of this. So, and I actually shared, and, and I know I um, sent that link through, but uh, there's some great visuals I shared on Twitter of sites that have horrible page experience on desktop that saw no decrease at all over time after it rolled out. Same on mobile or ones that had um, really good, they didn't surge or anything like that where they had good core web vitals. So yes, 100%, I would say that Google's doing a great job with like making the bet web better with the page experience signal and core web vitals, but don't focus on that if you think, you know, it's going to make your site surge. It won't. Yeah. Well, yeah. what were they thinking calling it Core Web Vitals, though? It sounds so vital. <laughs> yeah. Well, Core and Core Update. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it was blown out of proportion. And it ends up, it's more like the HTTPS signal, which is very, very lightweight, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, but again, the, the tough part is when you have executives that were told something, and then you yep. get on a call, and once... You know, I send them, uh, you know, tweets from John Mueller or a video and, you know, it's been explained to the nth degree. And I met with the, the Chrome team and, and search team and it's like, they're just like, oh, no, what did we do? Right. <laughs> like, why did we spend so much money on this? And again, it's like Greg said, it's great for your users. Do it. Fix that if you can, especially if it's severe. But it's not going to be like if you if you. You know, shave a millisecond off of your scores. I mean, who cares, right? I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. And one one thing that I think is I found pretty pretty interesting with it is trying to find like a term that uh, generally would be a very a very lucrative term to to bid on uh, on the PPC side of things. So something like a, a CRM or CRM software or something that might be a sixty dollar click, fifty dollar click. Um, see who's you know first for that. Yep. Um, and, and grab that, throw in a page speed insights or lighthouse or something like that, yep. pull those that up. And this is somebody ranking number one that yep. has a score of under 20 and all these core web vitals. Like this is like, you, you, you just can't argue with that at that it's, point. When it's not unusual. And listen, I help a lot of different companies a lot uh, across a lot of different verticals. And I help some really big news publishers that have really bad core web vitals, right? Just based upon how they're structuring things user experience wise. They're just, their CLS is going to be bad always. The LCP is not going to be great. This and that. They rank through the roof. And, you know, it, it's, you know, so anyway, it's very frustrating when you hear people harp on the, the page experience signal and core web vitals. And in reality, it's just not doing very much. And even, you know, there's so many quotes from Googlers basically explaining the same thing. So, okay, let's see if our next update here has a little bit more teeth. So, this is the helpful content update this year that I want to get your thoughts on because this launched on August 25th. And the second one just started rolling out on December 5th. Again, it has not finished rolling out as we're recording this episode. And when Google announced the HCU in August, they said the goal of the HCU was, quote, to ensure that people see original, helpful content written by people for people in the search results. Is that right, Greg? Yeah, I mean, Glenn will be able to shed a little more light on this. I think the thing that really I was excited about with this was the fact that it's really like a site-wide um, kind of approach, you know, that it, that if you had bad content uh, across the board, your entire site would be dinged or, um, you know, the potential, at least when it was announced that if you are like, a, you have very good EEAT 
or whatever, like just good, helpful content in general that it could lift like kind of like, you know, like rising tide lifts all boats and help all your content. So I thought that was something that was interesting. Uh, I didn't see much, much of it when on, on that first go around. How about you, Glenn? Yeah, so this one is very interesting, especially for me. I was one of the, uh, I guess there were five people that spoke with Google before they rolled it out just to you know get a, a better feel of what was going on. Um, <clears throat> so I spoke with Danny Sullivan at length just about you know what it is, how the signal works and everything. And I was really excited about this because it sounded so familiar. It sounded really like Panda to me, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's not like Panda, but um, so you know, I wrote a whole article about it and we were expecting panda-like movement and it wasn't and that caused people in the industry to kind of like you know uh kind of get angry about who wrote about it and stuff there's a lot of drama and stuff but um listen i focus on this heavily and i've surfaced a lot of sites that were impacted okay but you have to dig right it's it's not um widespread that wasn't the goal it wasn't supposed to be widespread it's supposed to be basically targeting the most egregious right and that's what we saw so the sites I've documented, and I have many, especially based on site owners reaching out to me, plus what I picked up based upon my own data and everything like that. And if you're hit by it, you are hit by it. I mean, it, it is not like you drop 10%. I mean, it's like off a cliff. And there are tweets that I shared uh, with you guys. Maybe uh, you might uh, share some of those screenshots or whatever, but you'll see it's it's dropping off a cliff right as the update starts to roll out. And it really is the worst stuff, right? So in the first, like, I'm just looking at my document here, like some of the categories made a lot of sense. Lyrics, which I've done a lot of work with over the years, by the way. Um, ringtones, manuals, you know, sites with every possible manual from every possible product, right? You know, stuff like that. APK downloads, you know, uh, math calculations. So stuff that's kind of like no one really put time into writing anything about it. It's just really quick stuff, but a lot of it. So if you are doing things um, at scale that is really search engine first and not human first and people first, that's where the HCU should really scare you because those are the sites that, that got pummeled by this thing. Yeah. And Glenn, I think you had, I had a kind of best in class blog post and, and that'll all be up on, on screen, a bunch of, of this, if you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, but it's called Google's helpful content update introduces a new site-wide ranking signal targeting search engine first content. And it's always running. One other thing I thought was interesting was later in the year when they came out with sort of like the, almost the definitions and, and justification of the systems, you know what I mean? So talking about about this as a system, you know, it's not to say that that can't get turned up a bit down the road, right? Totally. Glenn, like down yep. the road, this is done, this first iteration, pretty minimal going after those verticals you're talking about. Could this potentially um, be turned up a few notches and, and maybe kind of creep a little bit more towards that Panda um, experience hit? I don't know if it'll get to that level, right? I mean, broad core updates are kind of taking care of that, right? But it absolutely could be turned up. And obviously with the focus now on AI content, I mean, Google's got, has its hands full with, mm -hmm. with AI content at this point, right? It's getting, get, it's getting better, more are using it. Now you have major sites were just announced that they're using it and have been for a few months already. Um, and they're writing article content and then being edited by humans. So, I mean, so that's the type of stuff that Google can fine tune and, and just expand to covering that, right? So the HCU, what's cool is that Danny Sullivan explained that they will announce when the classifiers changed, right? Uh, significantly, like they did with HCU too. A lot of people are confused with like, 
they think um, the HCU2 is like, they didn't understand that the HCU is always running, right? So it's not like it wasn't running and suddenly, it's not like a core update where um, you have this periodic refresh. It's always running. They just changed the classifier with the latest one. Um, the other thing that's important to understand is that it's a negative ranking factor. It's not positive, okay? So it's not like you have great content and the HCU is gonna make you rank better. The only way that you're going to rank better is if you're in a niche with sites that get hit by it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's also confusing because the uh, product reviews update is a positive ranking factor. Broad core updates are supposed to be a positive ranking adjustment um, where the HCU is a negative site-wide signal. And that will remain for months if you're impacted by it. And the only way to creep out is to remove that or improve all of your content. And over time, the classifier will see that. And then you could be almost released from this classification. Um, so there's lots of confusion about what's going on. I've had a number of companies reach out that were impacted heavily. Um, and it's tougher, you know, listen, they were doing the wrong things. Obviously, if you're hit by the HCU, it's not like you were just had a few bad pieces of content. You had lots of bad content, but they cannot recover quickly. It's months, but there were recoveries. We'll cover that in a few minutes, I think. But yeah, just gotta okay. crawl your way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, and you brought this up, Glenn. So I, I, we'll go into this can of worms really quick here. But you had talked about, and I know that you came out with that blog post: uh, percent human, a list of tools for detecting yeah. lower quality AI content. Yeah. Let's say that before ChatGPT came out, and, and you use some lower level, um, you know, AI generated content, and your content wasn't up up to par, you could then essentially be hit by that, uh, by the HCU uh, system and be dropped from that. And, and is it kind of the negative, uh, you know, from that site-wide signal? Is that, that's correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And uh, on that note, that post of mine um, gets uh, so much traffic. It's not even funny. Like it's, it's actually unbelievable to me because I was like, so many people were pinging me on Twitter and like, Hey, what tool is that? What are you using this and that? I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to create a post with the top tools. And then uh, suddenly I had some CEOs reach out to me that were running, you know, creating tools. And so I have a really good list up there. Now I think there's six different ones, including GPT zero, which was a Princeton, I'm right in Princeton. There's a Princeton university senior who created that. And it's a really cool approach. But anyway, um, there's so much um, news about AI content, and it's fascinating to see how many people are searching for that now. And, and my post ranks really well, so a lot of people are visiting that and stuff. So yeah, Google's going to have to really do some stuff on that front. Now, the, the thing about that, and I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but Google's on record, and I, I emphasize this, just did again this morning. Google is not against AI content. Google is against low-quality AI content. And that's the approach that they're going to have to use as GPT-4 is going to come out and these large language models are going to get better and better. It's going to be really hard for them to say you can't use AI content because that's going to be very hard to police. But lots of low quality AI content is not good. Okay, let's get into the core updates here. This year, there were two major core updates, the May core update and the September core update. Right, Greg, what did you see with these? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the main thing of note is just that September core update was really kind of clustered in around a lot of other elements like Glennon kind of alluded to. It was right on the heels of what we were talking about before with the helpful content update. And then if you do do reviews, it's right there with the September um, product reviews update or the Peru as we call it. So um, just a note that September one, it, it you know, there, there was a lot going on at that point um, that, that could have impacted if we saw, saw a movement, right, Glenn? 
Yeah, exactly. So I'll just jump back to the May Broadcore update first, which was a massive update. So I wrote an entire post about the May Broadcore update, including case studies and stuff like that. But it was one of those really big core updates where you saw lots of sites tanking, lots of sites surging. There were some great key recoveries for sites that have been working on improving. Um, obviously, there's always times that sites surge back just because they're in the gray area. They didn't even do anything. Um, but it was really interesting to see. On that note of interesting, pun intended, uh, interesting finds was actually removed right with that core update. So that was a major mobile SERP feature that a lot of sites got a lot of traffic from, and it's gone. So the only thing it surfaces for now are travel-related queries. Um, weird. I don't know why it's still there for that, but but it is. So yeah, there was a, a lot of movement with the May core update. The September core update, that's where I wrote a post and I called it the broad core product reviews update just because there's so much overlap um, and they both ended on the same day. And then once the PRU launched on September 20th, you had immediate um, sites that don't have reviews start surging and dropping so they, it was just weird. It was like, was that the PRU? Why would the PRU impact those sites that are like, you know, publishers that have no reviews content? So there was so much confusion. Um, I'd say half of the companies contacting me thought they were hit by one when they were hit by the other. Um, so there was a lot of uh, real craziness there. So interesting finds I brought up. Oh, and obviously anytime that there's uh, multiple algo updates at the same time, I call it an algorithm sandwich. And the <laughs> most famous was... Back in 2012, when you had Panda, Penguin, Panda, all within 10 days, absolute insanity. Again, people were like, I got hit by Penguin. It was Panda. I got hit by Panda. It was Penguin. So it was the same type of deal with the, the September update. Tons of movement. Um, Google really shouldn't overlap updates, even like it's doing right now with the link spam update and HCU. It, it just causes a lot of confusion for site owners. And I know they really don't want to do that. I don't think. Some, you know, some people believe, oh, they're doing this on purpose, but um, it's just, there was a lot of movement in September with those updates. Job <laughs> security though, Glenn, for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's madness even trying to analyze them. You know, it's like, it's, especially now, like, when, when, and I know we were going to talk about the H, the latest HCU, but um, so Google basically came out and said, it's not like these are longer to roll out. It's just, we basically took a break during the holidays. So they almost paused the rollout and then turned it back on. So it probably will end up still being about a two-week rollout for the HCU 2.0, um, you know, and uh, the link spam update. But they, it basically just paused as the holidays hit. Yeah, it's been a really long two weeks, I would say. <laughs> and we should yeah. say, as Glenn's referencing all these articles, you can check all of them out on his website, gsqi.com. And we will have direct links to them in our show notes at marketingoclock.com because there's some really great stuff in here that our readers should take a look at if they want to learn more. Yeah. One of the best things Glenn does is he, he updates like, uh, 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 re religiously all these posts. So if you look at the AI tools every week, there's like, ah, hey, we got something new in here. So, um, definitely check it out and, and keep checking it out over on gsqi.com. Okay. So our next little category of updates here, hopefully this is really not impacting a lot of our listeners because it's really only for those practicing like the dark arts, but the two spam updates that happened in 2022, the first one rolled out on October 19th and the second began rolling out on December 14th. Again, it is still rolling out as we're recording this. Greg, what are you seeing with these? I mean, I, I'm not seeing anything with, with these spam updates. Um, I, I, 
a lot we're we're not nearly in the weeds as much from an algorithm update standpoint you know our side of things is is helping to create quality content i'd say that's the majority of what we do here um but you know and, and thankfully we don't have anybody like you said that's dabbling in the dark arts so i'll uh, kick it to, to glenn on the spam side yeah, sure. So the, the the update, the two spam updates are very different. Okay, so the October update targeted more broad spam policies that Google has, right? So we saw a lot of like auto-generated content, AI content drop, um, uh, scraped content, stolen content, that type of stuff. Now there were links, unnatural links mixed in with that, like. Basically, to me, that was correlation and not causation, because I think the link piece was more handled, obviously, during the December link spam update. Um, but there were lots of sites that were really pushing the limits from an AI standpoint or auto-generated content standpoint, which could be just machine-generated versus AI, and um, they got hammered. So if, again, if you got hit by the spam update, you knew it for the most part. Now, I did have some larger brands contact me. Um, which was interesting. They didn't do anything on purpose, but the way that they, like, for example, there was, um, you know, auto translation, right? So one site had auto translated a whole slew of content, a lot of it. And if you just auto translate it and don't have a human involved, Google will pick that up. I've seen that before in the past anyway. Uh, so they got hit. So that was the October update. So again, think of the October spam update as more of like the content piece where the December link spam update uh, was focused on spam brain taking over uh, what you know what Google was doing from understanding an unnatural link standpoint. So I guess it was the first time that spam brain could identify both the source of unnatural links and then the um, the basically who was buying them, right? So there was again when you look in those niche categories or the sites that are like dabbling in that stuff, there was a lot of impact. I mean, I have a lot of domains documented. I also had a lot of companies reach out and they, you know, were across all different types of categories from, you know, e-commerce to affiliate to, you know, any type of publisher that was trying to rank for, for things. Um, and it's really tough with the link spam update because with the October spam update, if you violate a spam policy, let's say auto-generated content or auto-translated content, you could fix that over time and over a multi-month period, you can recover. Google's on record about that. The link spam update is, the way I've been putting it and the way Google put it, the way I put it is, forget about those links, they are gone. You cannot come back from the power of those links unless you earn better links over time, which obviously is going to take a lot of time, right? So the tough part is, um, for example, I had an e-commerce retailer contact me, they got pummeled. But when I checked their, their link profile, all of the anchor text was exact match. I mean, all of it. That is so unnatural. And then you go and check. And I actually uh, put a link in the document for you guys to take a look at. But I had some screenshots I posted on Twitter of the link spam I was seeing, which was very penguin-like. I mean, really easy to detect, like big blobs of text, not even in paragraphs, with exact match anchor text all over the place, linking out to different sites. I mean, to me, I'm almost shocked, like Google is counting this at some point, Yeah. you know, like recently. So, um, but anyway, the e-commerce retailer, they kept saying, well, well, what can we do right now to recover? And I'm like, you can't, no, no, no. Like, what can we do to like start? I'm like, you can't, 
you know, and it was almost like this maddening conversation where I was like, you don't understand. Google's even saying those are neutralized. Those links are gone. You cannot get the power back from them. And the, the answer is do what you should have been doing from the beginning, which is earning links over time. You don't need a ton of links. People are under this assumption that, you know, the site with a million links is going to beat the site with 10,000 links. That's not always the case at all. Google's gotten much better at that. And even John Mueller recently said links will diminish in strength over time, right, in value from a ranking perspective. And he even said, and that's even happening now. I totally agree because so many times I analyze sites that were impacted uh, during a broad core update. They have tons of links and the sites ranking now have like a fraction of them. Some just a few thousand links. Now they're good links, but you know it's just really amazing when you see something like that. So anyway, that's what I saw with both uh, the uh, both link uh, spam updates, I should say. I don't really think about this a lot, Glenn, but I guess you have to deliver a lot of tough conversations <laughs> to your oh, client. Yeah, totally. That must be tough. Yeah, it, it is, um, especially when you're on a call and there's a group of people and they're good people, right? And uh, just something. The, the ones that are tough are the, where they didn't really go out to do something on purpose and it ends up they got caught up hitting getting yeah. hit by a spam update. Just yeah. accidentally getting hit by a spam update. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, you could. Or, you know, the, the question becomes like, well, who set up all these links and everyone starts looking at each other? You know, it's <laughs> like, and there's nothing you could do now. I mean, with a link spam update, it's not like you should disavow anything. That's pointless because basically the link spam update is neutralizing those links like the disavow would anyway. Um, so, but you know, it's like, just stop doing what you were doing is really what it comes down to. I I bet you get a lot of this too, where somebody like, Oh, Glenn, thank you for the analysis. I heard everything you said and I heard how to get out of this, but how do we do that today? We need to fix (laughs) it today. Yeah. Today. So it's, it's funny because in my notes here, I put sounds like a a lot like a broad core update recovery, right? So broad core updates, Google's on record that You need another broad core update, at least one to recover if you're doing all the right things. If you significantly improve quality over the long term, you can recover, but it's months. And the reason it's months, they do a ton of evaluation in between, but also they don't want spammers to basically stop what they're doing today, recover next week, and then start spamming again. So with a a spam update, it's very similar. They said in their documents, and I believe this, and I've seen it in action, which is over months, you can be reclassified, right? I mean, like you can recover over months if we see that, if spam brain sees that you're not spamming anymore and everything's been removed. Other than again, the link spam update where basically just almost like the the men in black, you know, forget, you know, forget what you saw, like forget <laughs> about those links. They're, they're gone. You cannot get them back. And that's it. Sad for yeah. those people. And then one other just yeah. key point on that. Anybody that's listening to this being like, oh, I'm going to do this and use some sort of negative SEO using these uh, spam updates. That's not what Glenn is saying. Glenn is saying that it's going to be neutralized. So if you're trying to do that, you might actually help for a minute before they become neutralized, but it's not going to be something like that helpful content update where it would really take somebody and knock them down a peg. So don't do that. A, because you should be a nice human and then B, it's not going to work anyway. Yeah. And, and on that note, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of never disavowing anything unless you have a manual action or did a ton of link building where you think you could get a manual action. Google's even kind of pushed the limits there with what it's explaining around the disavow um, and saying it's more for a manual action. It is buried in the GSC UI. Good luck even finding it. And I could see it going away as spam brain gets even better. And the worst part is like, you know, when a new client starts and they're like, oh, can you look at our disavow file? And there's like, you know, 
you know, 80,000 domains and then it's about, I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, and, and they're like, they're so freaked out when they see these, you know, weird spammy junkie links show up, even if they didn't set them up that they're disavowing everything and wasting so much time. Google does not want that. Mark my words. I, I'm going to make this uh, prediction right now. Disavow file is going to go away. Maybe this year. Wow. You heard it yeah. here first. One other question I always, I always, I, I don't use this. It could be uh, uh, my, my arch nemesis never used it, but the, um, the form that you can report paid links in general. That is still around. I think that first might have come out in like 20, 2007, maybe like that far ago. Like, um, what, what is that? Do you, have you ever used that? Like, have you ever implemented or reported paid, paid links at all? Yeah. So, so my policy pretty much is I'm not going to do that, but if a client fully believes that a main competitor is ranking and they believe it's due to the links, which it probably isn't, um, <laughs> you know, um, then, you know, I can point them in that direction. Right. Um, but, you know, to me, again, if it's an egregious situation, go for it. I mean, a human will look at it, right? I mean, someone's going to look at it and it's not like they're going to usually target a site unless it's really bad, you know, and they're going to put a manual action on that site. It's more to just improve their algorithms. So, but Every time like John Mueller's looked at stuff, you know, that's related to things like that. He's like, it's not the links, you know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not the links causing problems. It's not necessarily the links causing them to, to rank better. There's a lot of other factors going on. Um, and actually that's a great point when you talk about broad core updates, there, a lot of people don't understand that machine learning is being used, which means thousands of signals could be sent to a machine learning system, which then determines weighting of those signals. Like engineers can't even tell you the weighting the machine learning system determines weighting and then ranking, right? So, you know, it, it's not like one thing is necessarily going to make you surge. It's a lot of things together that are going to make, you know, your site do well in search. Now I'm just thinking about the person reviewing all the submissions to that and feeling sad for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Spam reports, right, exactly. But, you know, like it's, they want feedback like that because they do make mistakes, you mm -hmm. know? And- you know, algorithmically, like there, there are some posts I've written over the years where it was like, this just shouldn't be happening. Um, and some catch, you know, like Danny Sullivan, I remember specifically, I don't know if you remember the video carousels that used to show up in the desktop results. And, and basically what happened at one point is all these e-commerce category pages without video started sh being shoved into the carousels. And then people searching Google were going right by the carousels. So there was an e-commerce retailer I was helping that lost between $500,000 and a million dollars over just about a month um, because no one was going to their category pages anymore. Oh and it, you know, Google was like, thank you for, for sharing this. I was on a public blog post I wrote and about, it was about three weeks later, the whole thing got corrected. Yeah, which I was remember cool. that. And yeah, yeah so awesome. yeah, I called trapped. That's what I called it. Trapped in video carousels. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Anyway, so they want to he they want to know if they're doing anything wrong. Like for example, the, the sites with the product reviews update in July, there was a flaw. Um, some sites, and I'm not going to name them, uh, suddenly surged through the roof with tons of auto-generated AI content and and ranked for hundreds of thousands of queries, and they were making tons of money. And you know, I knew it wouldn't last long. I even publicly tweeted that, and it was probably a few weeks later that one crashed. I mean, it fully got the index, you know, and then some, they dropped. And then two weeks later, they came back 
like almost like Google's algorithms couldn't figure it out. And then suddenly they were de-indexed. So Google wants to know when stuff like that's going on just to improve the search results overall. You might have some competition for Google Fanboy of the Year 2023, Greg. I don't know. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I won at fair and square last year. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the product review updates. We had a few of these updates this year. The first one was the March 2022 product review update, followed by the July 2022 product review update, followed by the September 2022 pro. Greg, what are you seeing based on these updates in general? Mm -hmm. Uh, don't have a lot of review sites, but write actually uh, for a site every now and then um, and kind of talk to, to somebody there. Uh, and it's really if you are actively like a wire cutter or somebody out there trying to give your feedback on products. Um, so if you're not reviewing products, this isn't going to be applicable to uh, to you and, and you're not going to see any any real movement there. Um, but obviously the whole goal of this is to, to get as good of a, a, a realistic review. Um, I mean, we saw it in like what, 20, 2008 where Google like revamped the way images worked, right? Like you want to have all new, like for a long time, you'd have like the same images showing up in Google image search. Um, <laughs> and then there was that big change and, and, you know, going towards unique things. And that's one of the things you want to have is like all unique content images, like all things that you're generating, not just the stock, you know, photo from that product. So again, this is, there's really, uh, people that are actively reviewing products or comparing things like that. Right, Glenn? Yeah, exactly. So the March update was a really big update. Um, lots, you know, I always say their core update, like for product review sites, um, the one thing that I noticed that's interesting is with the first product reviews update, we saw sites outside of product reviews be impacted by them, right? So it was really strange stuff going on. They've improved that greatly. And now they're saying it really should just be for product review sites, right? And that's what I'm seeing. I'm not seeing any like major volatility across sites outside of sites that contain reviews. Um, and also Google's clarified that um, how the signal can impact sites. Like if you have lots of reviews on your site, it could be like a site-wide signal, almost like the HCU where, you know, you can either surge overall or drop overall. But if it's just part of your content, you could see more of a granular impact. Um, but with the March update, there was a, 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 ton, of, a ton of impact that I saw. Um, the other thing that I saw, which was um, always frustrating, I've written about this too, which is uh, dual, I call it dueling machine learning systems. That's where a site may drop heavily with a broad core update. Then the product reviews update rolls out and they surge through the roof. It's like, well, is it high quality or is it not, right? I mean, one machine learning system says it's it's not good and the other says it's great. So I think that they, they really need to work on that part of it um, because it's super confusing for site owners. And the biggest thing that I always say is, you know, when a site owner is like, hey, we, we dropped, we have good content and you go and it's kind of like the run in the mill, you know, review, right? It's like, two little paragraphs and a link out to Amazon. <laughs> it's like, that's not what Google wants anymore. I always say, be the wire cutter for your vertical, for your niche, right? That's a great way to go. Now, is that a huge investment in time, resources, and money? Yep. But if you're serious about reviews, that is the direction you should go. I've had several clients I've helped that are small, smaller companies go down that path. And the reviews content so much better. They have videos, animated GIFs, you know, great images, you know, just really good stuff that it's so much better than it was. But here's the deal. 
when you have, let's say, 800 reviews on your site, and you go down the path of, of using that approach, you have a long road ahead of you to update all that content using that approach, if you're really going to do that. So that's the problem. You got to buy all the products. You got to really use it. You got to shoot video, video editing. You have to have a professional come in and shoot your images, or at least have someone that knows what they're doing, have good lighting. Um, you know, it's, it's just, you, you better be really serious if you're going into product reviews at this point, or else I can almost guarantee that you're going to wake up one day and your traffic's gone. You know, it's, it just needs to be really, really good. So would you say March had the biggest impact out of the three? March was really big. Yeah. I mean, anytime I write a dedicated post about it, it's, um, you know, that's when I'm seeing a lot, a lot of movement. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, because we have double eat now, right? So another E and EAT experience, Google added that. It's really important, especially from when you think about like the product review site. I mean, you know, experience in actually using something like how could you recommend something if you didn't really experience it? Right. So for some things, you don't need the experience. But I mean, for a lot of things, you kind of do and you want to know, like, for example, if, if you're um, recommending uh, the latest uh, car seat for for babies or a baby stroller or anything, your money, your life. I really hope you have experience in that. Yeah. Right. You know, or else you can get in a lot of trouble probably, or get people in a lot of trouble. So, um, so yeah, March was big. And, um, you know, I'd say the experience thing, just the overall approach for, for uh, how you craft uh, reviews should be looked at. Yeah, that makes sense. That extra E is really vital to the Peru. Yeah. And so if, if your, your advice, I, it sounds like kind of summarizing it up for anybody that's looking to do any kind of reviews, um, quality over quantity take, yes. do a, a fantastic job at a smaller number of things. Um, and again, it kind of comes back to that content idea, like make the best content around what people are looking for, whether it's GIFs, videos, that's the way to go. Uh, especially with these updates, it is no longer quantity out there. Try to get long tail, no focus on, on more, um, high quality laser focused, uh, content. Yeah, absolutely. I, I put it perfectly. The only thing, other thing I wanted to add on that is, you know, in one of Google's uh, recommendations for best practices, you know, they spoke about linking to multiple sellers, right? So I was always like, wow, because, you know, Amazon's terms of service is like, you can't link to other sellers, right? So I'm like, this is war. If, if Google factors this in from a ranking standpoint, algorithmically. So I remember asking Alan Kent, um, who's a Googler, focuses on e-commerce and products, product reviews and stuff like that. You know, is that being used algorithmically? And in March, he said, not yet. July rolled out. I asked him a question, same question. And I got more of like a nebulous answer on that. And I was like, hmm, he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. Then Lily Ray just asked um, Alan about this. And he actually said, yes, there's a ranking boost if you're linking to multiple sellers. And I was like, mm. alarms went off in my office. I was like, what? You know, so I asked him again on Twitter. I said, is that right? Is it being used algorithmically? Then we heard nothing for a little bit, mm. right? I mean, like, I was like, okay, so obviously they need to like phrase this the right way and stuff like that. And then he came back last night and said, um, he basically said it is, but it's very, very lightweight. Okay, okay. so- the way I put it back to him is so we could think of this as the core web vitals for product reviews <laughs> updates, right? Like, you know, kind of like super lightweight, but it is a ranking factor. And, and he kind of came back with another one with a feather dropping, you know, like an animated GIF. So for anyone that has product reviews, um, 
for users, if you can, link to multiple sellers. Google's looking for that. It's a slight ranking boost if your competitor doesn't link to multiple sellers, but don't expect just to do that to suddenly rank through the roof. Um, quality of content is what Alan said is the, the top thing. And I would totally agree based upon what I'm seeing. So anyway, that was something that literally just happened yesterday that I thought maybe uh, was applicable during this conversation. Super helpful. Yeah. Okay, that really flew by, but that concludes our 2022 update year in review. I want to thank you both for hopping on and chatting this through with me. But just one final question here. I'll start with you, Greg. What do you think site owners should focus on in 2023 based on what we saw in 2022? Well, first off, if they were hit by something, they should focus on that phone next to them and picking it up and giving <laughs> Glenn a call. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think it, it's, it's been sort of, you know, the, the bread and butter that, that we've dealt in and, and I've dealt in um, creating content back, you know, when I was at 1020 and, and, and making social content and everything like that is like, there are all these things flying around. And at some point you can control what you can control. You know what I mean? And, and making the best possible content is never going to go out of style. And all these things, Quora, Vitals, all these are nice to haves. And a lot of times people just go right past the must-haves and you look at what they're, they're so concerned about making fast and it's not the best content out there. And I think in general, like, you know, all these different things um, can impact you, but you are the one in control of the content you're putting out, trying to make the best possible result for that query. Like that is never going out of style. And it's, again, it's something that sometimes people forget about somehow. So that's, that's my, I guess, timeless advice. What about you, Glenn? You've given us a couple of predictions for this year, but what do you think people should focus on in 2023? Yeah. I mean, especially with this surge in AI content, I would say, don't take the easy path, take the hard path. The hard path is going to be something that is obviously harder, going to take more time, going to take money, resources, but then you could rest assured that you won't be hit by a spam update, you know, or the helpful content update, or you know, usually a broad core update unless you're doing something, you know, uh, radically wrong. So if you take the hard path and really, like Greg said, produce outstanding content, really, really thorough, insightful content, and create as much as you need, it may not be as much as you could if you just churned out a lot of content, but that's going to be the better path for you, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Glenn, to your point before, like. What can't AI do, right? You know what I mean? Like AI can do a, a good amount, but I would, we're big gym guys here, right? You and me. Um, I was watching somebody like compare two different shorts and somebody was deadlifting and showing how one moved up different. AI is not going to be able to do that, right? And right. when we're talking about like everybody being so concerned about this stuff, take the, make sure that you're investing in the things that are going to give you that competitive advantage that nobody else can do out there. Uh, totally. And that's a great example or even something outside of a physical product. I mean, you know, if someone's providing context around quotes from other people that what they've said about this, especially recent AI can't do that yet. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, again, Google's not against AI content, but it's against low quality AI content. And if you're using it to kind of help guide what you're doing, maybe. But to me, we are definitely, in my opinion, still not at the stage where people should just go and start pumping out huge amounts of AI content and think it's going to end well. You know, for example, Mark Williams Cook had, he has a canary in the coal mine. He had this multiple sites he set up that's auto-generated, probably some's using AI content. One got absolutely obliterated by the October spam update. And he goes, there you go. 
it worked for a while until it didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I think we covered on a show. He said, everybody who is, is so excited about chat GPT, I could tell you how it's going to end. Not yeah. well. I think it's yeah. roughly a squeeze tweet. Well, and, and the dangerous part is that it it does work for a while. I see people on, tw- on Twitter all the time. Look at this. It's all AI generated. Look at what we're doing. And, and in my mind, I'm like, I've seen this a million times. Wait till the next broad core update. Yeah. Right. Wait till the next HCU, uh, you know, classification change, uh, classifier change. So it's um it's very dangerous in my opinion. So if, if it's what you're living on, be very, very careful, you know. Great advice moving into this year. Okay, thank you, Greg and Glenn, for joining me for today's discussion. Greg Finn is a partner and CMO at Cypress North, our full-service digital agency. You can also catch him on Marketing O'Clock Fridays with me. Greg, where can people get in touch with you if they want to talk more SEO? I'm just mainly on Twitter, at Greg Finn over there, or LinkedIn. I'm trying to do a little more this year, Greg Finn on LinkedIn. And Glenn Gabe is an SEO consultant at G Squared Interactive. You should also check out his site for some of the best SEO articles out there at gsqi.com. Glenn, where can people get in touch with you if they need your help? Yeah, I mean, probably the best place is Twitter at Glenn Gabe, um, but I'm heavily on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a Facebook page and then I'm also on Mastodon, which I know Greg loves. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you're one of the three people over there? <laughs> <laughs> actually the seo community is pretty good up there that's <laughs> not bad. It's, 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 it's just seo though if you're doing anything else that's, that's good luck i tried there's no it's that over there and we'll if you're see looking, how it goes yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for more digital marketing news and a lot of really bad puns please be sure to subscribe we release new episodes of marketing o'clock with jess greg nicole waddington and myself every friday in addition to these special roundtable episodes that we're going to try to bring to you more often here in 2023 so thanks for listening and we'll see you next month